It's not often that U.S. government officials openly admit that they plan coups around the world, overthrowing elected governments. Now, there is a video clip that went viral of Trump's former national security advisor, John Bolton, openly admitting that he has experienced organizing coups d'etat and he criticizes Donald Trump, saying Trump is not competent enough to organize a coup inside the U.S., whereas he boasts, I have organized coups around the world in other countries. And specifically, when asked in a follow-up question by CNN anchor Jake Tapper, John Bolton singles out Venezuela. Now, before I play this video clip, I want to explain that in this video, I wanted to provide more in-depth analysis. This video clip has gone viral and has been reported even in mainstream outlets. But in this video clip, you'll see John Bolton talks about a book that he published, a memoir in 2020. And I read through his book, all of the sections about Venezuela. And in this video, I'm going to summarize what he admits in this book about the many different U.S. government-backed coup attempts against Venezuela's democratically elected government. So here are these incredible clips, very revealing video clips from this CNN interview that John Bolton did. This is the former U.S. national security advisor for Donald Trump with CNN anchor Jake Tapper. And then after, I'll provide more historical context and analysis. Uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, yeah. not here, but, you know, other places, uh, it takes a lot of work. I, I do want to ask a follow-up. Um, when we were talking about what is capable, what you need to do to be able to plan a coup, and you, you cited your expertise having planned coups. I'm not going to get into the specifics, but... Uh, Successful coups? Well, I wrote about Venezuela in, uh, in the book, and uh, it, it turned out not to be successful. Not that we had all that much to do with it, but I saw what it took for an opposition to try and overturn an illegally elected president, and they failed. The notion that Donald Trump was half as competent as the Venezuelan opposition is laughable. But I think there's another... I feel like you're this other stuff you're not telling me, though. I think I'm sure there is. Well, there you go. Those are the words of one of the most notorious neoconservatives in Washington. For people who don't know, John Bolton was a, a significant ambassador in the George W. Bush administration and an architect of the Iraq War. And then he was brought back by the Donald Trump administration and made the national security advisor, which is the top national security position. People like Henry Kissinger had previously been national security advisor, also Brzezinski, the famous imperial strategist. And John Bolton was also the director of one of the most notorious neoconservative organizations in Washington, the Project for the New American Century, which outlined the plans for U.S. unipolar hegemony. After the overthrow of the Soviet Union and the end of the first Cold War, the Project for the New American Century really created this idea of U.S. unipolar hegemony, of the U.S. being the only superpower in the world. John Bolton is really the epitome of the warmonger. He is the archetype of the neoconservative warmonger in Washington. And he has never seen a war that he didn't totally embrace and love. Here is an article back in 2018 when he was first made national security advisor for Donald Trump in Bloomberg. And the headline, Bolton's worldview, bomb Iran, 
okay to strike North Korea first. Of course, people know the DPRK, North Korea, has nuclear weapons. But according to John Bolton, the U.S. should carry out a so-called preemptive attack on a nuclear-armed country. And he has constantly pushed for bombing Iran. Like I said, he was an architect of the Iraq war. So this guy is a complete unabashed war criminal. And I published an article about this over at multipolarista.com. All of the sources that I cite in this, in this episode here will be available in this article. I will link to it in the description below. The article is titled Trump advisor John Bolton admits planning U.S. coups in Venezuela and beyond. And I, I begin this article with the video clip that I just showed from CNN. But there are, there are a lot of other details that I wanted to discuss today, including I read through his book, which provides a lot of information about the U.S. coup attempts in Venezuela. But I also want to show another video clip here. And, and in order to do this, I'm going to go through the history of the U.S. coup attempt in Venezuela that began in 2019. Now, I should say that that was not the first U.S. coup attempt in Venezuela. There have been many. If we go back to 2002, this was three years after Hugo Chavez, the revolutionary socialist, first entered office in Venezuela democratically. Hugo Chavez won the 1998 election. He became president in 1999. And then three years into his term in 2002, the U.S. government, the Bush administration, backed a coup that was briefly successful. But Hugo Chavez was so popular that the rank and file of the military rebelled against this U.S.-backed coup and put him back in power. Again, he was the, the legitimately democratically elected president. And there's a good documentary about that that's called The Revolution Will Not Be Televised. So I'm not talking about that coup today. I'm going to talk about one of the many other coup attempts. There, there were many more coup attempts after 2002. But the most high-profile coup attempt was, of course, in 2019 with U.S. coup puppet Juan Guaido. Now, many of us at the time the, you know, us we independent critical journalists, anti-imperialists, we argue that the U.S. government was carrying out a coup attempt. And some people smeared us as conspiracy theorists or Russian propagandists, all this ridiculous nonsense, these ad hominem attacks. Well, we now have one of the key architects of that coup attempt, John Bolton, admit that it was a coup attempt that he was involved in. Now, in that video clip, of course, he downplays his involvement. But we all know that it was the U.S. government behind that coup pulling the strings. And his book says a lot. It provides a lot of information about that. But I want to provide a few other details about this. Now, in, in the article that I wrote over at Multipolarista.com, I talk about how this coup with Juan Guaido began in January 2019 when the Donald Trump administration declared that this very young, little-known right-wing opposition politician, Juan Guaido, was supposed president, interim president of Venezuela, they declared. Now, Guaido has never participated in a presidential election. Still today, he never has. He's, he hasn't won a single vote in a presidential election, whereas Maduro has won millions of votes in presidential elections. But of course, the U.S. refused to recognize the legitimately elected constitutional president, Nicolas Maduro, and instead recognized this puppet, Juan Guaido. And the same week, on January 23rd, 
That was when Juan Guaido declared himself fake president and the U.S. immediately recognized him and the U.S. forced countries around the world to recognize him. That same week, John Bolton did an interview on Fox Business in which he stated very clearly that the U.S. goal was to get access to Venezuela's oil and he said that U.S. corporations were in contact with the government. They were having discussions and they wanted access to Venezuela's oil. So here is that video clip. Again, this is the same week as the beginning of the U.S.-backed coup attempt in Venezuela. We're looking at the oil assets. That's the single most uh, important income stream to the government of Venezuela. We're looking at what to do to that. We want everybody to know we're, we're looking at all this very seriously. We don't want any American businesses or investors caught by surprise. They can see what President Trump did yesterday. We're following through on it. Uh, so if you think of a company like Sitco, which is owned by Pedavesa, which is the state-run oil company there in Venezuela, we have a lot of those Sitco assets right here in the U.S. Is that something, for example, sir, that you're looking at? Yeah, well, we're in conversation with major American companies now that are either in Venezuela or in the case of Sitco here in the United States. Uh, I think we're trying to get to the same end result here. You know, uh, Venezuela is one of the three countries I call the Troika of tyranny. It'll make a big difference to the United States economically if we could have American oil companies really invest in and, and produce the oil uh, capabilities in uh, Venezuela. It'd be good for the people of Venezuela. It'd be good for the people of the United States. We both have a lot at stake here, making this come out the right way. Now, in the original video clip that I began this episode with from CNN, the CNN Jake Tapper interview this July 12th, in that interview and also in his book, which is called The Room Where It Happened, Bolton tries to downplay his involvement and U.S. involvement in the coup attempt in Venezuela. But we know this is completely false. Bolton in his book claims that Juan Guaido organically declared himself president and then the U.S. recognized him. But it was all the idea of the Venezuelan opposition. And throughout his book, he writes opposition with a capital O like God, like he, he just he loves the Venezuelan right wing opposition. Now, we know this is completely false from mainstream media reporting, even the Wall Street Journal published an article the same week of the beginning of this coup attempt titled Pence Pledged U.S. Backing Before Venezuela Opposition Leaders Move. And it admits that the Trump administration had a secret plan offering support for Juan Guaido. They said that it was preconceived and tightly coordinated. So in his book, which I'll talk about in a second here, Bolton lies. He claims that it was all Guaido's idea and the opposition's idea. No. It was directly planned by the U.S. government. This article was published in the Wall Street Journal on January 25th, 2019. It says, The night before Juan Guaido declared himself interim president of Venezuela, he received a phone call from U.S. Vice President Mike Pence. Pence pledged that the U.S. would back Guaido. That late night call set in motion a plan that had been developed in secret over the preceding several weeks accompanied by talks between U.S. officials, allies, lawmakers, and key Venezuelan opposition figures, including Guaido himself. And they note that Guaido declared himself fake interim president and, quote, almost instantly, just as Mr. Pence had promised, President Trump issued a statement recognizing Mr. Guaido as the country's rightful leader, 
Soon after came similar pronouncements from Canada, Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, Chile, Peru, and others. Now, we know this is because the U.S. planned this coup. It was not organic. It was not Juan Guaido's idea. It was planned by the U.S. government meticulously. And John Bolton was one of the key figures organizing this coup attempt, as he admitted accidentally in this CNN interview. Now, in the article I published at multipolarisa.com, which has all the links to these sources I cite in this episode here, we can see clearly that John Bolton, even more than Donald Trump himself, was the main force leading this coup attempt in Venezuela. Now, just a few days into the coup attempt, John Bolton threatened Venezuela uh, insidiously by using the media, and he gave a press conference, and he held this, this notepad in which he said that the U.S. was considering sending 5,000 troops to Colombia. This was clearly... Uh, something that he and Donald Trump intentionally did to play the media, using the media as a weapon to try to turn up the heat on Venezuela, to threaten Venezuela, to make Venezuela afraid that the U.S. was on the verge of invading. And, and he talks about this in his book, which I'll, which I'll discuss in, in, a, in a few minutes here. So right at the beginning, he was already threatening that the U.S. would potentially invade Venezuela. And then in February, he sent out a tweet openly calling on the leaders of the Venezuelan military to overthrow the elected president, Maduro. He, he tweeted on February 2nd, a week into the coup, quote, to the Venezuelan military high command, now is the time to stand on the side of the Venezuelan people. So openly calling for a coup. And uh, a, a not so fun little detail is that he quoted this Dutch regime change activist, this very shady Twitter guy, Thomas Van Ling, who people might, if they are on Twitter, they might know that he became like one of the main supporters of the Contras in Syria, the Western-backed so-called moderate rebels who were linked to al-Qaeda and ISIS, these extremists, Islamist Salafi jihadists. Thomas Van Ling was one of the main supporters of them, spewing out propaganda on social media. He's a very shady character. And the fact that John Bolton was amplifying his propaganda to push for the coup in Venezuela and call for the military leadership to overthrow the government. It, it, it is another example of, these, of how these people on Twitter are very shady. But anyway, so then after that, John Bolton invoked the Monroe Doctrine, which is a 200-year-old colonialist doctrine declared in 1823. Next year is the 200th anniversary. This is an explicitly colonialist doctrine. Ironically, John Bolton made these comments in an interview that he did with Jake Tapper of CNN. Jake Tapper himself is a very neoconservative figure. He loves U.S. wars and regime change operations. He's never seen a U.S. war he didn't love. And here's this article in a right-wing media outlet, Washington Examiner, in March 2019. It quotes... John Bolton, referring to Venezuela, saying, in this administration, we're not afraid to use the word Monroe Doctrine. This is a country in our hemisphere. So he's invoking this 200-year-old colonialist doctrine to threaten Venezuela. And then also we had reports that the Trump administration was discussing military attacks on Venezuela. And I actually have a separate article about this I published back in May. And I'm going to do a separate video and podcast about this. So 
I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this because this was an article that I wrote back in May titled Trump wanted U.S. military attacks on Venezuela. Defense Secretary Mark Esper details in book. And I read through Mark Esper's memoir, which he also published in 2020 back in May. It's called A Sacred Oath, Memoirs of a Secretary of Defense During Extraordinary Times. So I'm going to do a separate video and podcast about this. But in short, basically, Mark Esper, former U.S. Defense Secretary and Raytheon Vice President, he details how Trump constantly talked about invading Venezuela. Trump constantly wanted a military, a military attack on Venezuela. He said that Trump was really dedicated to having a military attack. And of course, John Bolton also wanted a military attack on Venezuela. Uh, the way Esper writes that Trump has been fixated on Venezuela since the early days of administration with an eye toward using military force to oust Maduro. And he said again and again, Trump would ask for military options. And he also said that the, that the U.S. National Security Council team, quote, was even more enthusiastic about military options. So he also talks about discussing with Guaido plans for the U.S. to train people to carry out an invasion of Venezuela. And of course, that's exactly what happened in May 2020. There was this botched invasion that people jokingly call the Bay of Piglets in which there were dozens of former Venezuelan soldiers and, and mercenaries who were trained by U.S. former special operations forces uh, from the U.S. Army, that's Green Berets. And I have another article about this over at Multipolarista.com titled CIA-backed failed 2020 invasion of Venezuela, top coup plotter says. There's more information about this, but this attempted invasion backed by the U.S., was overseen by a former U.S. Army Special Forces commando named Jordan Goudreau, who had a, a has a a, a Florida-based mercenary firm called Silver Corps USA. And Goudreau said in a breach of contract lawsuit that he got the green light from two different U.S. government officials, senior administration officials from the Trump administration. And he met with them at a golf resort at a, in, in Miami County, in Doral, Florida. So for people who want to get more information about those details, I have a separate video about that, a separate um, article about that over at Multipolarista.com. But now I'm going to get to John Bolton's book. Because when I, like I said, when I did this video, I didn't want to just have the video clips of John Bolton on CNN. I wanted to provide more in-depth analysis and not be superficial. So I, uh, you know, basically tortured myself and I read through John Bolton's book. It's called The Room Where It Happened, a White House memoir by John Bolton, former national security advisor of the United States. And he, this is a lengthy book. It's 500 pages. And he writes a lot about Venezuela. And I read everything related to Venezuela. And I'm going to summarize some of the main parts here. Now, early on in the book, he talks about these so-called threats in our hemisphere, and he names Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua. Those are the countries that he declared the so-called Troika of tyranny. And he constantly talks about Venezuela. He, he says that he was very grateful to the support he had from pro-Israel Americans, Second Amendment supporters, Cuban Americans, Venezuelan Americans, Taiwanese Americans, and conservatives generally. So 
he, he mentions Venezuela and Venezuelan Americans early on in the book in several different chapters. He quotes John Kelly, who was a U.S. Marine Corps general who became Donald Trump's chief of staff. And according to Kelly, Donald Trump said, quote, says it would be cool to invade Venezuela. So early on, he, he says that Trump wanted to invade Venezuela. He thought it would be cool. And, and then here's the chapter that is most relevant. There, chapter nine of the book is this 35-page chapter dedicated especially to Venezuela and the coup attempt that John Bolton led. And the chapter is called Venezuela Libre, Free Venezuela. Of course, ridiculous propaganda. But I went through some of the main points and highlighted them because they do provide some insight into the U.S. coup attempt. Now, of course, I should preface by saying that John Bolton is a hardcore neoconservative warmonger. A lot of what he says has to be taken with a grain of salt. He, of course, wrote this book to try to portray himself in the most positive light. And he's also, of course, very critical of Trump. And he, after this book came out, I should say that even before the book came out, John Bolton was given a $2 million advance by the publisher. And then, of course, he's made millions of dollars more in the uh, proceeds from the book and the royalties. So John Bolton became a millionaire because of this book. And he really cashed in in the corporate media. He was a, a mini celebrity in the media for, for a few weeks. And he, he cashed in to criticize Trump and to appeal to like, you know, the liberal Mick resistance and all of that. So a lot of what he says in this book has to be taken with a grain of salt. And of course, there's so much propaganda about Venezuela. But when you read between the lines and you understand the context of the things he's saying, when you know what he's saying that's false, because, you know, like I said, he claims that the U.S. was not that involved in forcing Guaido to declare himself president and all that. We know those are lies. The U.S. government was directly coordinating this coup from, from before day one, from day zero. So if you read between the lines, there's a lot you can learn from this book. And again, so I'm going to go through some of the main points here. Now, he, Bolton points out that shortly after I became national security advisor, while Maduro was speaking at a military awards ceremony on August 4th, that's 2019, Maduro was attacked by two drones. This was an assassination attempt using drones. We now know that this was very clearly supported by the U.S. The U.S. was behind this assassination attempt. Of course, John Bolton denies that, but we know that, that the U.S. was behind this. And it, it shows how sick that he is. In this, um, in this book, he calls the pictures of some military members fleeing this this attack by drones thinking they were going to be killed he calls the photos hilarious pictures so we see right at the beginning of this chapter john bolton is this sadistic warmonger who gets pleasure out of organizing coups and backing wars around the world so we also know by the way that that nicolas maduro said in an interview that john bolton planned this assassination attempt to try to kill him and of course, John Bolton says, what a coincidence. This happened shortly after he became national security advisor. Obviously, he planned this assassination attempt, although, of course, he doesn't mention that detail in his book. Now, throughout this book, and especially in this chapter, Bolton constantly claims that Venezuela is a threat because it's allied with Cuba, Russia, 
China and Iran and shows this new Cold War mentality. John Bolton constantly fear mongers about Russia, China, Iran, and Cuba. And once again, he invokes the Monroe Doctrine in this book, this colonialist 200-year doctrine. He says it's t it was time to resurrect the Monroe Doctrine. And then he says, shortly after the failed drone assassination attempt on Venezuelan President Maduro, he said, John Bolton said that Trump told him emphatically, quote, get it done, meaning get rid of Maduro. And Trump said, this is the fifth time I've asked for it. So although in this chapter, Bolton is critical of Trump, he claims that Trump was not gung-ho enough about the coup attempt. He claims that Trump was too soft. He also admits that Trump told him, get it done. This is the fifth time I've asked for, for you to get rid of Maduro. And also, according to Bolton, Trump says that he wanted military options for Venezuela. And then he wanted the U.S. to keep Venezuela because, quote, it's really part of the United States. So it really shows this colonialist mentality that Trump allegedly saw Venezuela as a colony of the U.S. that's part of the United States. And, and he quotes a press conference that Donald Trump gave in New Jersey in 2017. So this is way back at the beginning of Donald Trump's term in August 2017, right after he entered, six months after entering office as president. And he told his supporters, quote, we have many options for Venezuela. And by the way, I'm not going to rule out a military option. And then he says again, we have many options for Venezuela, including a possible military option if necessary. So Trump was constantly stressing that he was considering invading Venezuela. The military option was on the table. Again, I have, I'm going to have a separate video about that based on an article I wrote based on another memoir written by Trump's former defense secretary, Mark Esper. So I'll, I'll talk about that more in another video. So in this chapter, Bolton talks about how he and other members of the U.S. government were conspiring with the Venezuelan opposition to organize a coup attempt. He, of course, declared Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua the troika of tyranny. And he said that Trump really liked the phrase troika of tyranny, although he says that that speech was actually written by one of Trump's speechwriters. So even Bolton is not clever enough to come up with these stupid names like troika of tyranny. So he talks more about the details of the coup, the National Security Advisor, um, sorry, the National Security Council, and specifically the uh, director of the Western Hemisphere for the National Security Council was someone named Mauricio Claver Carone. And according to Mark Esper, Trump's defense secretary, Claver Carone, the head of the Western Hemisphere for the National Security Council, was the most hawkish person alongside Bolton in pushing for an invasion. They wanted a U.S. invasion of Venezuela and they wanted a war to overthrow Maduro. And in the book here, uh, Bolton reveals that he actually chose Mauricio Claver Carone as the director of the Western Hemisphere for the National Security Council. So according to Mark Esper, that guy was the most hawkish figure. And of course, he was handpicked by Bolton, which says a lot about Bolton's role in organizing this coup in Venezuela. I should say that the Venezuelan government has repeatedly said, including 
Maduro has said, and former uh, canciller, former foreign minister, uh, Jorge Arreaza, both of them have repeatedly said that John Bolton was the main figure organizing this coup attempt in Venezuela in the Trump administration. And uh, in, the, in the book, he gloats about that. John Bolton says, I was heartened that Maduro's government promptly accused me of leading a coup against Venezuela's democracy. And he put Venezuela's democracy in scare quotes. But, and then they talk about, of course, sanctions. And Bolton says that uh, sanctions were a natural choice. And he also says that it was his idea to declare Venezuela a so-called state sponsor of terrorism, which is completely absurd. But it shows how when the U.S. is terrorism, it doesn't mean anything. It's completely a political de designation. So going on, Bolton says that the U.S. goal was, quote, driving the state-owned oil monopolies production as low as possible. And he said that was the goal of trying to crash Maduro's regime, to, to, to destroy, to, to bankrupt the country by destroying the oil sector. And I, I note in the article that the U.S. top expert on sanctions, who, who was officially known as the Special Rapporteur on the impact of unilateral coercive measures on the enjoyment of human rights. I think that's her full title. Her name was Alina Duan. She took a two-week fact-finding mission to Venezuela and published a report in which she said that the illegal U.S. and European Union unilateral coercive measures, that is sanctions on Venezuela, have exacerbated the economic crisis, have caused human rights violations, and she also said that it starved the Venezuelan government of 99% of its revenue. So John Bolton boasts about that in his book, gloating that the U.S. was trying to starve the country of revenue, which of course is what created an economic crisis. And Bolton, in his typical propaganda, he blames the economic crisis in Venezuela on socialism and corruption and mismanagement. But of course, we all know that the U.S. sanctions, the U.S. economic embargo, were by far the most important factor responsible for the vast majority of that suffering. And according to a report by the Center for Economic and Policy Research, one of the only good think tanks in Washington, it led to the deaths of tens of thousands of Venezuelan civilians, those illegal U.S. sanctions. Now, what's funny about this book is that we can see the internal fights that go on between different departments inside the U.S. government. And in his book, John Bolton is very critical in particular of Trump's Treasury Secretary, Steven Mnuchin. Now, Mnuchin was a, he's a former Goldman Sachs banker, a complete right winger, pushing neoliberal economics all the way. And Mnuchin also is a hedge fund manager. I mean, he really is the archetype of a capitalist. But Bolton was criticizing Mnuchin because Mnuchin was always first and foremost concerned about the effect that U.S. sanctions would have on U.S. corporations. And in the book, he really details how Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, was just the representative of U.S. corporations and, and banks. Of course, I mean, he worked at Goldman Sachs, so he is a banker. He was always thinking about what was best for the U.S. banks, whereas Bolton was always thinking about what's best for the U.S. empire in overthrowing the Venezuelan government. So ironically, Mnuchin, as representing some of the oil interests, he was a little hesitant at first 
of imposing all of the brutal sanctions and the U.S. embargo on Venezuela because, according to Bolton, Mnuchin warned that if the U.S. imposed these very aggressive sanctions, quote, it risked Maduro's nationalizing what little remained of U.S. oil sector investments in Venezuela and raising international oil prices. So we see that Mnuchin is always thinking about what the U.S. corporations want. And, and he adds, uh, Bolton adds that Mnuchin's concerns were about the limited U.S. oil and gas assets in Venezuela. So once again, Mnuchin is, the Treasury Secretary is the spokesman representative of U.S. corporations. And they go on to talk more about Guaido. And, and Bolton says that the U.S. political recognition of Guaido was one of the most important decisions. It had major implications because the Federal Reserve and then other banks around the world would, would be forced to recognize that Venezuela's foreign-owned assets would be belong to Guaido. So this is what led to the theft of billions of dollars of Venezuelan assets around the world, not only in the US, but also in Europe. They would just stole Venezuela's assets in foreign banks. And he says that basically that the Fed, because it's, you know, the US controls the international finance system and the US dollar is a de facto global reserve currency. He said, John Bolton wrote that other central banks and private banks or bankers weren't looking for reasons to be on the Fed's bad side. So this, the Fed would automatically turn control over Venezuelan government assets it possessed to Guaido. So we see that this is part of this economic warfare that was waged, and, Guay and John Bolton was a key figure behind this. Now, he also has some uh, throwaway comments in here that I think say a lot about his Cold War worldview. And John Bolton notes that the Venezuelan defense minister is named Vladimir Padrino, but his first name is Vladimir, right? And in parentheses in a throwaway comment, Bolton notes that, that he was one of many Latins with Russian first names from Cold War days. And note how he just refers to Latinos just as Latins, like this very uh, old, antiquated, borderline kind of racist language. And he's just saying, oh, they all have Russian names from the Cold War. It again, shows this very condescending colonialist mentality that John Bolton has toward Latin America. He talks about the Lima group, which is the group of right-wing countries in Latin America that the U.S. brought together and Canada brought together to recognize Guaido and to, to launch the coup. And he notes that, of course, the U.S. was the one that was what brought the Lima group together. And Bolton says that it, quote, took little or no convincing. So obviously the, the U.S. was the one organizing the Lima group, even though the, the U.S. technically was not a member of the Lima group. He admits that the U.S. was working with the Lima group behind the scenes. And then, of course, Canada, under the, the neoliberal right-wing government of Justin Trudeau, they were, they were just puppets of Washington. And, and then he, he also says that Trump, quote, wanted assurances regarding post-Maduro access to Venezuela's oil resources, trying to ensure that China and Russia would not continue to benefit from their deals with the Venezuelan government of Maduro. And this is another example we see constantly emphasized 
that Trump wanted to control Venezuela's oil. Now, earlier I played the video clip of John Bolton on Fox Business a week into the, the first week of the coup, saying that the U.S. wanted access to Venezuela's oil. Well, he constantly reiterated that Trump constantly talked about Venezuela's oil. And I should say that former Defense Secretary Mark Esper, in his memoir, Sacred Oath, which I'll do a separate video on, Esper also emphasized that Trump constantly talked about getting access to Venezuela's oil. And he mentioned that Trump did the same thing in Syria, where Trump maintained the illegal military occupation of Syria in order to control its oil and it's also wheat-rich regions to prevent the Syrian government in Damascus from having access to its oil and wheat as part of a strategy to starve the government of revenue to wage its economic war. So there's consistency between the U.S. hybrid war on Venezuela and the U.S. hybrid war on Syria. Now, he also notes that the role of the Florida Republicans in supporting Trump and, and cheering him on in this coup attempt against Venezuela Specifically, he singles out Senator Marco Rubio, uh, Narco Rubio, as he's known a uh, uh, whole long story. Look up Narco Rubio and his, his links to organized crime and drugs. He also names Rick Scott, who was Florida governor and now is a for Florida senator. And Rick Scott is another neocon who loves war and regime change operations. Rick Scott also basically is a mouthpiece for oil corporations. And, and then he named... Uh, John Bolton named other congressmen, including Lincoln Diaz-Balart and Ron DeSantis. Of course, Ron DeSantis is now Florida governor, a complete neocon. He calls himself a right-wing populist, but John Bolton points out that Ron DeSantis, quote, gave very forceful support for toppling Maduro. So the, the Florida right-wingers are cheering on this coup attempt against Venezuela. And then according to Bolton, Trump told him when talking about Guaido, Trump said, quote, I want him, that's Guaido, to say he will be extremely loyal to the United States and no one else. So there you go. I mean, once again, openly admitting, letting the, saying the, the quiet part loud that Guaido is a total U.S. puppet. And Bolton, by the way, reiterated that Trump, this is a quote, Trump still wanted a military option raising the question with the Florida Republicans. So Trump constantly said, we, want, we should invade Venezuela. I want war in Venezuela to overthrow the elected government of Maduro. In this book also, Bolton takes credit for pressuring Britain to steal more than $1 billion worth of the Venezuelan government's gold. The Venezuelan government had gold deposits in the Bank of England. And Bolton says that it was in meetings between U.S. officials and British Foreign Minister Jeremy Hunt in which they, the U.K. decided to force the Bank of England to freeze Venezuela's more than $1 billion worth of gold. But in this chapter, Bolton, of course, again, this is according to Bolton. He writes, wrote this book to try to portray himself in the most positive light, to become a media celebrity. And he also criticized Trump a lot in the book. And when he criticizes Trump, he always criticizes Trump for supposedly not being hawkish enough. So criticizing Trump from the right. And he claims that from the beginning on in the coup that Trump got cold feet. And he said that Trump was worried that the army did not, did not abandon Maduro and that Defense Minister 
um, Venezuela's defense minister, Vladimir Padrino, supported Maduro. And then Trump allegedly, according to Bolton, Trump said, quote, I've always said Maduro was tough. This kid, Guaido, nobody's ever heard of him. So he claims that Trump got cold feet. But if you also listen to other comments that he made, Trump constantly was saying, we should invade Venezuela, get rid of Maduro. I want Guaido to declare total loyalty to me to bow down. So, I mean, that also is the kind of person Trump is. He's extremely inconsistent and one day says one thing, one day he says the opposite. But again, this is where, these are one of the moments where we have to read what Bolton says between the lines and take everything he says with a grain of salt. So anyway, continuing here, he also quotes Mike Pompeo, who of course was former CIA director and became Secretary of State. Pompeo, like Bolton, is a hardcore neocon. And according to Bolton, Pompeo said, quote, we should go to the wall to overthrow Maduro. And he also talks about how the U.S. government was threatening the International Monetary Fund to isolate Venezuela with the financial system which once again shows that the IMF is an arm of U.S. power. It is not independent of the U.S. And then they talk about, Bolton talks about imposing oil sanctions to take away a significant share of the Venezuelan government's revenue. Like I said, the top U.N. expert in sanctions would go on to say that it was 99% of the Venezuelan government revenue. And later on, um, Bolton talks once again about Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin. And he talks, he mentions that Steve Mnuchin spent all weekend talking to oil company executives. And he said the sanctions would actually be more aggressive than he first anticipated, which was good news. So it shows that the, the Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, once again, he's not acting on behalf of what's good for the people of the United States, for working people. He is the representative of big banks and corporations. And Mnuchin... His job was to talk to all of the oil executives and the banks to make sure that U.S. corporations were not being hurt by the U.S. sanctions imposed on Venezuela and Iran and Nicaragua and China and Russia. So that's what the role of the Treasury Secretary is. It's the representative of government of uh, representative in government of big corporations and banks. And then this is the point I mentioned earlier, where. Trump met with John Bolton in the Oval Office and Trump asked if we should send 5,000 troops to Colombia in case they might be needed. And Bolton says, I duly noted that on my yellow legal pad saying I would check with the Pentagon. Trump said, quote, go have fun with the press, which we did. And then he notes that the note on his notepad was picked up by the cameras and it produced endless speculation in the media. So that was clearly a, an organized stunt that Trump and Bolton carried out at the beginning of the coup attempt. And Trump said, go have fun with the press. So it shows how, although Trump criticized the media a lot, he would play the media and use it to, to his advantage. And it shows how gullible and dumb a lot of the media is just doing whatever Trump wanted. Bolton then talks about a phone call that Trump had with Juan Guaido, and he noted that Guaido, that, that Trump, quote, was sure Guaido would remember in the future what had happened, which was Trump's way of referring to his interest in Venezuela's oil fields. So we see another example of Trump constantly emphasizing, hey, 
We want your oil. We want Venezuela's oil. We want Venezuela's oil. So, by the way, I should also say that while Bolton and Trump criticize the media a lot, in the book, Bolton points out, quote, the press coverage was uniformly favorable. He's talking about the coup attempt in Venezuela. So this is Bolton admitting that the media, the so-called liberal media, loved Trump's coup attempt in Venezuela. They loved it. So it really goes to show that this was completely bipartisan and had total support from the media. And by the way, while I'm on this note, I should also point out that in another part of this book later on, Bolton uh, boasts that on the Hill in Washington, that there was total bipartisan support from both Republicans and Democrats for the coup attempt in Venezuela. So he talks about, Bolton writes, quote, key leaders on the Hill where support on both sides of the aisle for a hard line in Venezuela was almost uniform. So even among almost all Democrats, they supported this right-wing coup attempt in Venezuela against Venezuela's elected president, Nicolas Maduro. So I'm going to continue now. So we see that Bolton said that there was bipartisan support on Washington, on Capitol Hill, and in the media. And Bolton continues talking about the, the developments in the coup attempt. And he says that the U.S. government was making continuous contacts with top military officers in Venezuela. So the U.S. government was trying to pressure Venezuelan military officers to rebel and overthrow, to launch a coup against Maduro. So this is, talk, this is referencing the hard work that, that Pompeo, uh, that, excuse me, that Bolton mentioned in the interview he did on CNN this July 12th. Well, that hard work includes constantly trying to bribe Venezuelan military officers to overthrow their government, to commit treason and overthrow their elected government. And in addition, th they were also in correspondence with former Chavista ca cabinet members, labor union leaders, and other sectors of Venezuelan society to build alliances. So the U.S. was trying to bribe all these people in unions, former government officials, in the, in the military, in civil society, trying to get them all to join this military coup to overthrow the elected President Maduro. And then they, he talks about in February 2019, a month after the coup, there was this ridiculous staged operation in which the U.S. tried to, the U.S. and Colombian forces tried to forcibly ram so-called humanitarian aid, in scare quotes, across this bridge into Venezuela, across the Venezuelan border. And this was a disgustingly cynical operation. And Pompeo uh, and Bolton, who helped oversee all this operation, Bolton says that Maduro was so troubled by the strategy that he again took to criticizing me by name, saying, quote, I have proof that the assassination attempt was ordered by John Bolton and the White House. That's the interview that I mentioned earlier in which Maduro, he actually says that Bolton is the one who organized the assassination attempt. And then Bolton shows once again this, uh, you know, neocon mentality. And he says, Cuba was also now attacking me by name. So my spirits were high. And then, so they, uh, they were developing this coup attempt strategy, yet another coup. When, when I say, by the way, that the Trump administration was backing a coup attempt in Venezuela, there were many different 
individual coup attempts within the larger coup attempt. So these are there are many different coup attempts going on. And this is the coup attempt on February 23rd, where the U.S. military and USAID, which is a CIA cutout, and the Colombian government all try to forcibly, violently push so-called humanitarian aid across the border into Venezuela. And even Bolton admitted in the book that the opposition was trying to figure out, quote, how to force humanitarian aid into Venezuela from Colombia and Brazil. And February 23rd was their date. So even he admits that this is violent. They're trying to force the aid across. It's obviously not real humanitarian aid. It's a coup attempt. And he admits that this stunt was being, this coup attempt was being co coordinated with the U.S. Agency for International Development, USAID, and the Pentagon. So this is a coup attempt bringing together the U.S. government, Colombia, and also Brazil. Uh, it's not that well known, by the way, that Brazil, under fascist leader Jair Bolsonaro, also played a significant role in this coup attempt on February 23rd. Because there were attacks on the Brazilian side of the border with Venezuela. And, and Bolton said that we had hoped the Catholic Church would take a more active public role. And that now seemed to be happening. So they also got people in the Catholic Church to go along with this coup attempt against Venezuela. Then they talk about, uh, Bolton talks about how Guaido, he left Caracas to go undercover into Colombia, heading for the Colombian border for this coup attempt. And by the way, Bolton doesn't mention a key detail, mention a key detail about this. Now in the book, John Bolton claims that Guaido managed to sneak across into, the, into Colombia, across the Venezuelan border, and he did it all on his own. What Bolton left out of his book is a very inconvenient fact that the way that, that Guaido, this U.S. coup puppet, got across the Venezuela-Colombia border is by working with Colombian drug dealers from a brutally violent, murderous uh, drug cartel, a gang that's called Los Rastrojos. And this is an article in a mainstream newspaper from Spain. This is a, a right-wing newspaper in Spain called La Vanguardia. And the title of this article is The Compromising Photos of Juan Guaido with Colombian Drug Dealers, with Colombian Narcos. And you can see these photos of Guaido with these tattooed Colombian narco death squad leaders. This article was published in... September 2019. So this they, mainstream media outlets admitted that Guaido was secretly conspiring with Colombian drug cartels. But of course, John Bolton doesn't mention that in his book. Conveniently is out that, that, that minor detail that the U.S. puppet was involved in drug trafficking. But anyway, getting back to Bolton's book here. He talks about this coup attempt in, Fe in February 2019. And he says, although media attention focused on the Colombia-Venezuela border, especially at Cucuta, which is a city on the border there, there were also significant developments on the Brazil side. And he notes that there were violent attacks in Brazil on the Venezuelan government and the Venezuelan National Guard. And they were cross-border attacks from Brazil into Venezuelan territory. These are terrorist attacks backed by the Brazilian government and backed by the US. I should say that Brazil's major newspaper, O Globo, which is like their version of the New York Times, 
they pu later published an article admitting that the Bolsonaro regime in Brazil backed these attacks on Venezuela in an operation that was meant aimed at trying to violently overthrow Maduro. That was admitted in mainstream Brazilian media. So it wasn't just Colombia, it was also Brazil's far-right fascistic regime that was carrying out terrorist attacks and cross-border attacks on Venezuela's elected government. Now, Bolton describes it as low-level violence that continued on the Brazilian border. But like I said, these were Brazilian state-backed, U.S.-backed terrorist attacks on Venezuela. And then he talks about this incident on February 23rd, 2019, with the coup attempt. And he said that Guaido was at the Tienditas International Bridge preparing to cross. But Bolton acknowledges that the operation simply fizzled out. The coup attempt failed on February 23rd. And Bolton said, I was disappointed the military had not responded with more defections, especially at senior levels. So this was yet another failed coup, and there were more failed coups that happened after, which I'll talk about. But in the, his book here, John Bolton once again blatantly lies. Blatant lie. John Bolton claims that he says that the colectivos, these you know leftist armed groups in Venezuela, which are grossly exaggerated. I mean, there are some that exist, but they're extremely exaggerated. They, they don't play a significant role in Venezuela. They were created because U.S.-backed right-wing drug-dealing death squads in Venezuela were attacking leftist Venezuelans who support Chavismo, beheading people on their motorcycles, and setting black Venezuelans on fire. There's video and photo evidence of this. So the colectivos were created as self-defense units, also in Nicaragua. They were created as self-defense units against the U.S.-backed right-wing death squads in Venezuela and Nicaragua. But anyway, in his book here, Bolton lies. He blatantly lies, claiming that the colectivos stopped arms shipments from coming in. Uh, excuse me, uh, Freudian slip. Stopped aid shipments, although it's not real aid. The colectivos stopped aid shipments from coming in, burning trucks on the bridges. This is completely false. Even the New York Times published an investigation looking at video of this coup attempt in February 2019. And even U.S. government mouthpiece, the New York Times, admitted that it was the right-wing opposition, the coup plotters on the Colombian side of the border, backed by the U.S., they were the ones who lit the so-called humanitarian aid on fire, not supporters of the Venezuelan government. Here is the article, even in U.S. government mouthpiece, the New York Times, admitting, quote, Footage contradicts U.S. claim that Nicolas Maduro burned aid convoy. It's also a hilarious title because it's like Maduro was personally there and personally set it on fire. Um, but whatever. This is published on March 10th, 2019, a few weeks after the failed coup attempt. Uh, my, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence claimed that, that the tyrant in Caracas danced as his henchmen burned food and medicine. Completely false. Here's the New York Times quote exactly. The opposition itself, not Mr. Maduro's men, appears to have set the cargo alight. Now, they claimed accidentally, but a lot of people suspect that it was a false flag, that they intentionally set it on fire in order to blame it on the Venezuelan government when they were unable to successfully force it violently across the border. And by the way, I should also say that when videos and photos later came out showing the so-called aid inside the 
the U.S., you know, this this Pentagon-backed convoy, it was not actual humanitarian aid for the most part. It was actually materials that could have been used as weapons. I mean, they weren't like actual conventional weapons, but it was like ropes and wires and all this stuff. And there was very little actual aid. So this was a complete stunt. It was a coup attempt. And the Western media just ate out of Trump and John Bolton's hands like babies. Just, just completely pushing this insane propaganda narrative that so-called dictator who was democratically elected, Nicolas Maduro, was just burning humanitarian aid for fun while he, tw you know, while he twirled his mustache like a cartoon villain. Ridiculous propaganda. So getting back to Bolton's book here, we can see that his, his claim that the opposition burned the trucks was another lie, yet another lie in his book here. And he, he acknowledges that there were internal divisions in the opposition. He's saying that the U.S. was really trying to keep the Venezuelan opposition united because in the past it had always fragmented. He said a key element of the opposition's success so far was cohesion. So the U.S. is trying to constantly pressure the opposition to unify. Now, he says that in March, after the failed summit in Hanoi, Vietnam, when the U.S. was potentially going to normalize relations with North Korea, John Bolton helped to sabotage that summit. And then he said, as of March 1st, Venezuela, quote, was again front and center. So, by the way, this also goes to show, I made a little note here, that so much for U.S. national security, you know, Bolton sabotages an attempt to have a peace deal with, with North Korea, and then he tries to constantly push for war on Venezuela. This guy is the national security advisor. It goes to show that U.S. national security has nothing to do with actual security. Venezuela and North Korea are not in any way threats to actual people in the United States. But in fact, the U.S. policy is to try to create threats to justify its imperialist policies, to endanger its own national security, to justify war around the world and sanctions. But anyway, so this is, you know, this is what John Bolton was doing, making sure Venezuela was again front and center. So then they talk about increasing sanctions even further and imposing sanctions on the entire government and taking more steps against the banking sector. And Bolton, quote, Bolton wrote, quote, I said we had Maduro by the windpipe and needed to constrict it. So trying to suffocate Maduro, very, uh, you know, cuddly, peaceful, peace-loving, democratic language. And then he, he once again shows how Steven Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, was the, the representative of big corporations. Mnuchin, quote, was worried that steps in the banking sector would hurt Visa and MasterCard. So we see that Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary, is the representative of big corporations. Bolton admits, what is the goal of sanctions? He praises sanctions and he says, the goal of sanctions is, quote, they're about using America's massive economic power to advance our national interest. They, he's saying sanctions, they are most effective when applied massively, swiftly, and decisively, and enforced with all the power available. So admitting that US, the U.S. uses sanctions as economic warfare to tr crush anyone that stands in the way of U.S. imperialism. He said... Of course, that the U.S. goal was to, quote, crash the regime. And so another tactic 
you know, in this book, he talks about all the tactics used, not all, because there's some of them he doesn't mention, like the, like the invasion in May 2020 and attempted military attacks. But, he, but Bolton does acknowledge some of the coup tactics that he alluded to in his interview on CNN. Another tactic that the U.S. was using was trying to bait members of the Venezuelan government to bribe them by selectively reducing sanctions on key figures. And it's important to understand this tactic. So I'm going to read this paragraph here because it shows how the U.S. government selectively uses sanctions to try to create divisions within governments to destabilize foreign governments. We've seen this in China and Russia and Venezuela and Nicaragua and Cuba. So here, let me read, let me read this paragraph. One ploy we considered to send signals to key figures in the so-called regime was delisting from the sanctions people like wives and family members, a common practice in U.S. policy to send signals to influence the behavior of selected individuals or entities. Such actions would likely get little public attention, but would be powerful message to regime officials that we were prepared to ease their paths either out of Venezuela entirely or into the arms of the opposition as co-conspirators rather than prisoners. In turn, if they then cooperated in facilitating Maduro's ouster, they could be delisted themselves. So this is the U.S. saying, hey, I'm trying to bribe the you know, family members and wives of top government officials in Venezuela, of ministers saying, we're going to lift sanctions on you. Hey, we'll even give you money. We'll bribe you if you turn against Maduro and become our puppets, if you commit treason and back our coup. And by the way, they even say, hey, we won't throw you in prison. The U.S. government and, and its puppet, Juan Guaido, we won't throw you in prison. So this is Bolton admitting these brutal tactics carried out by the U.S. I mean, talk about hybrid warfare. This is insane psychological warfare, economic warfare, trying to turn everyone inside the government against the, each other to try to collapse the government. I mean, really, imagine the amount of pressure a lot of these Venezuelan officials were under. And they managed to hold on, which reflects the fact that the Venezuelan government still has a lot of popular support, especially among poor and working people who, who understand how difficult the neoliberal right-wing era was and don't want to go back to being a U.S. puppet regime. Now, in, in this book here, John Bolton also talks about his old friend, Elliot Abrams, who joined, Trump appointed Elliot Abrams, this convicted war criminal, as his special envoy for Venezuela. And they have this bromance here where they praise each other. But Elliot Abrams, for people who don't know, he oversaw the contra-terrorist war on Nicaragua's Sandinista government in the 1980s in the Ronald Reagan administration. He's a convicted war criminal and a complete sociopath who Elliot Abrams oversaw the policy of using CIA cutout, cutout USAID. Under Elliot Abrams and the Reagan administration, USAID sent so-called humanitarian flights to Nicaragua and they hid weapons for the fascist contra death squads on those so-called humanitarian flights. So it really goes to show that when the U.S. says it's giving humanitarian aid, no, it's actually giving weapons to right-wing death squads to overthrow the leftist government, which is exactly what they tried to do in Nicaragua in the 80s. And it's what they repeated in Venezuela in this coup attempt in 2019. 
Bolton also, he boasts, quote, we were simultaneously squeezing Havana. He boasts about Trump imposing hundreds of new sanctions on Cuba as well as Venezuela. And here we see another example of how John Bolton actually praised the New York Times about supposedly how Cuba was secretly behind the scenes controlling Venezuela. This is this ridiculous conspiracy theory that John Bolton pushes throughout this chapter that the smaller country of Cuba, which has 11 million people, secretly is pulling the strings and controlling the Venezuelan government of 30 million people. Ridiculous propaganda conspiracy theory. But he praises the New York Times for running a story about how Cuba supposedly was running Venezuela's uh, medical sector. And then he also praised the Wall Street Journal for its propaganda on Venezuela. So once again, we see that the, that the media loyally, obediently played its role helping to back the U.S. coup attempt in Venezuela. And then he talks about how uh, they continued to expand the sanctions on Venezuela to a brutal economic embargo. And this is a hilarious, hilarious part of the book that has not aged well at all. Bolton recounts a meeting that he had with the then right-wing president of Honduras, Juan Orlando Hernandez, known by the acronym J-O-H-O in Latin America. And Hernandez backed Juan Guaido. Under him, he recognized Guaido as the fake president of Venezuela. And Ho, Juan Hernandez, only came to power in Honduras because he, was, he came to power after a U.S.-backed right-wing military coup in Honduras in 2009, which overthrew the democratically elected left-wing president, Manuel Zelaya. So in this book, John Bolton was praising this authoritarian dictator of, of Honduras that came to power after a U.S.-backed coup, Juan Orlando Hernandez. And Bolton wrote, quote, I also met in my office with Honduran President Juan Hernandez, who was similarly optimistic in contrast to the situation in Nicaragua on his border. Of course, in 2018, the U.S. government backed a brutally violent coup attempt in Nicaragua, and John Bolton was also part of organizing that coup attempt as National Security Advisor in 2018 as well. But that failed, just as the coup attempts in Venezuela failed. And anyway, this, this is extremely ironic because Juan Orlando Hernandez is a drug dealer, and the U.S. government itself admitted that its own former puppet dictator in Honduras, this right-winger, Juan Orlando Hernandez, was a drug dealer. The U.S. Justice Department admitted that by extraditing him to the United States. Here is the press release from the U.S. Justice Department's website. Juan Orlando Hernandez, former president of Honduras, extradited to the United States on drug trafficking and firearms charges. This is from April 21st, 2022. They say, Hernandez allegedly partnered with some of the largest cocaine traffickers in the world to transport tons of cocaine through Honduras to the United States. One of the people he worked with, by the way, was El Chapo Guzman, one of the most infamous Mexican drug dealers in the entire world. And El Chapo Guzman, used, he gave a million dollars to the brother of Juan Orlando Hernandez, Tony Hernandez, Antonio Hernandez, who's in a U.S. prison right now. He gave Tony Hernandez a million dollars, which then Tony Hernandez used to fund the 
operation to steal the election on behalf of his brother, Juan Orlando Hernandez. And of course, the U.S. government backed that, not just Trump. Of course, Trump strongly backed Juan Orlando Hernandez in Honduras, but also the Obama administration backed him, including Joe Biden, who is the one that extradited him. So it once again shows that the U.S. government has a very long history of supporting literal drug dealers, drug traffickers, death squads, narcos to advance its imperialist interests in Latin America. So that was a very funny and revealing section of this book by Bolton. Of course, he publishes in 2020, so it has not aged well. It really has not aged well. Anyway, uh, let me continue here. There's not much left to go in this chapter. So uh, Bolton praised Trump. He said Trump did a good job with the press. On speaking about Russian involvement in Venezuela, Trump said Russia has to get out. So, and then uh, Bolton wrote that Trump told me twice regarding the Russians, get them out. So this also goes to show once again, this ridiculous Russiagate conspiracy theory was absurd that Trump was telling Bolton, kick the Russia Russians out of Latin America, which obviously, I mean, what kind of Putin puppet would do that? I mean, Russiagate is such an absurd conspiracy. And Trump also, according to Bolton, he wrote, quote, Trump stressed that he wanted the, quote, strongest possible sanctions against Venezuela. So it really goes to show that although he complains that Trump supposedly was too soft on the coup attempt, Trump was pushing for a ag very aggressive policy against Venezuela, the most aggressive sanctions possible. He constantly called for military attacks in Venezuela. Although this is a pretty funny part of the book. Bolton complains that he always thought that Guaido was weak as opposed to Maduro, who was strong. By spring 2020, Trump was calling Guaido the better O'Rourke of Venezuela. <laughs> the better O'Rourke of Venezuela. And he said that was typical of how Trump carelessly defamed those around him. So yeah, I mean, Trump insults everyone around him. He's a complete narcissist, million... Uh, Narcissist billionaire. Now, another kind of funny thing about this book is that Bolton talks a lot about tweets. He talks a lot about his tweets, the tweets he tweeted out about Venezuela, threatening Venezuela, calling for Maduro to step down, to leave the country, calling for the military to overthrow Maduro. So by the way, when, when people say that, Maduro, that, that Twitter is not real life, that stop focusing on Twitter, Twitter is not real life. Well, U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton, the top national security official in the U.S. government overseeing this coup attempt against Venezuela. He constantly talks about Twitter. So it, obviously the U.S. government does see Twitter as a valuable tool, as a weapon that it uses for its coup attempts against countries around the world. So, tr so yeah, actually, I hate to inform you that as much as Twitter is a hell site and as, as much as people like to ironically tweet about how much they hate the, this hell site, well, it is real life because the U.S. government is using Twitter a lot. And John Bolton constantly talked about his tweets in this book here. Now, once again, showing how Russiagate was absurd, he talks about a meeting in which the Trump administration agreed on torquing up pressure on Russia, both within the Western Hemisphere and outside it in Ukraine or the Baltics or on the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Yet another quote that has not aged very well. This is admitting that the U.S. government was pressuring Russia, not only in Latin America, 
but also in Ukraine and in the Baltics and pressuring the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. These are the exact same policies that led to the Russian invasion of Ukraine on February 24th of this year, 2022. So the U.S. government, going back to the Trump administration, constantly ratcheting up pressure on Russia, trying to push Russia to take action against, against Ukraine, luring, baiting in Russia. And he, uh, Bolton also boasts of, of using the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank to, put up, to turn up pressure on Russia, which once again goes to show that the IMF and the World Bank are tools of U.S. foreign policy and imperialist power. They're not independent of Washington. So another interesting quote in here in this book, which shows what the U.S. government is really thinking behind the scenes, is that the U.S. government is thinking that not only should they overthrow Maduro, but they're also, they want a purge of Chavistas. They understand that it's not enough to just overthrow the president. Here, here's this quote from Bolton's book, which goes to show that they're thinking about a Pinochet-style purge of all the leftists in Venezuela. Quote, Real change required more than just throwing Maduro out of office. My impression was that much of the negotiation centered on what a transition period would look like, which was very dangerous since Chavista movement supporters would still control key government institutions even after Maduro's ouster. So this is him saying that they're thinking about how they can purge the government and ha have a Pinochet-style purge or, in an even bloodier example, the infamous U.S.-backed genocide in Indonesia from 1965 to 1966, in which between one to three million leftists, Communist Party supporters, labor organizers, anyone with a left wing in their body was, commit, was murdered and thrown into, into camps by the U.S.-backed fascist dictatorship in Indonesia of Suharto, which is not very well known. Even the CIA admitted that was one of the worst atrocities of the 20th century, up there on par with the Nazi Holocaust. And of course, it's not very well known because the U.S. government backed it. The CIA directly supported the Indonesia coup and genocide. So this is Bolton hinting that the U.S. was thinking of not only overthrowing Maduro, but also having a purge of Chavistas from the government. By the way, in 2018, in the violent coup attempt against the Sandinistas, that is exactly what they were trying to do as well, having a purge, a fascist-style purge of all Sandinistas, not only from the government here in Nicaragua, where I am right now, but also in general from society, purging the left, massacring the left. That's what the U.S.-backed coup plotters wanted to do. So then finally, this leads us to the last part of this chapter, which John Bolton ends the chapter with a bang, talking about the other violent coup attempt. Like I said, there were many violent coup attempts within the overall U.S.-backed coup attempt against Venezuela. And this is the April 30th coup attempt. I talk about, the, I talk about January 23rd, 2019, which is when Guaido declares himself fake president, backed by the U.S. and its puppets around the world. Then I talk about the February 23rd U.S.-backed coup attempt trying to violently overthrow, trying to violently force fake humanitarian aid across the border. And now we're talking about the April 30th coup attempt, which was an armed uprising in which the U.S. tried to bribe military officers in Venezuela to rise up to overthrow the elected government. In April of 2019, John Bolton recalls 
a speech that he gave in, in Coral Gables, Florida, to the Bay of Pigs Veterans Association commemoration of the anniversary, anniversary of their invasion of Cuba 58 years before. It's, of course, 1961. So... This is extremely scandalous. I actually didn't, I don't, I didn't remember this when I was reading through this chapter, that he was speaking with Bay of Pigs veterans, that is, these CIA-backed fascists who launched an attempted invasion of Cuba after the victory of the Cuban Revolution in 1959. So this was extremely provocative. I had forgotten about this. In April 2019, this is just, just this is just, three months into the U.S.-backed coup in Venezuela, he openly gives this, this speech hinting that we want another Bay of Pigs in Venezuela this time. Extremely provocative act by National Security Advisor John Bolton. Of course, the U.S. government would go on to back what people jokingly call Bay of Piglets, another Bay of Pigs-style failed invasion in May of 2020, May of 2020, the, a year later, so it, it wasn't a stretch, but of course, um, that's a whole other story. So this brings us to April 30th. Now in the book, Bolton acknowledges the errors committed, the failure of the February coup, but he says April 30th will be the day. That's the day when Maduro is going to be overthrown. And he says that Mike Pompeo, former CIA director and, State, and Secretary of State, called, Pompe called Bolton at 5.25 a.m. on April 30th, saying, quote, there's a lot of movement down in Venezuela. And he notes that the far-right opposition leader, Leopoldo Lopez, was released from house arrest. Leopoldo Lopez, who is, by the way, he's a scion of one of the wealthiest families in Venezuela, descendants of Norwegian colonialists from the Norwegian monarchy. Leopoldo Lopez his other last name is Mendoza. He comes from this wealthy Mendoza family in Venezuela. He's a multimillionaire. I mean, a complete fascist. When his when his he fled his house, and when there were there were photos of his books at his house, photos and video footage from journalists, he had Hitler's Mein Kampf. Like he's a complete far right fascist fanatic. And Leopoldo Lopez has been involved in numerous violent coup attempts, very violent coup attempts in Venezuela including the so-called Guarimbas, these violent, coup, um, violent barricades backed by the U.S. in 2014 and 2017 in Venezuela. And because of his role in violent coup attempts in openly calling for people to violently overthrow the elected government, Leopoldo Lopez was arrested. But because of all this pressure from, from U.S. government-allied fake NGOs and fake human rights organizations, he was... For, he was released from prison and put in house arrest in his mansion. And then on April 30th, during this attempted coup by this attempted violent up, armed uprising by traitors in the military, they actually released Leopoldo Lopez from house arrest. And according to John Bolton, that he was released by he was released by the new head of the secret police agency, the Sabine, and his name was General Manuel Christopher Figuera. Allegedly, that's who helped uh, release uh, Leopoldo Lopez. And then there were reports that Guaido and Lopez were supposed to go to La Carlota Air Base in Caracas. This is in a wealthy eastern district of, of Caracas where all the rich people live. I, I went to La Carlota Air Base. 
I was in Venezuela. Um, you know, there were a lot of protests outside there. Um, th this was like a symbol of the opposition. And they were constantly trying, the U.S. strategy in the coup was the U.S. was trying to bribe officers of the Venezuelan military to betray their country, to sell out their country, and then to use Carlota Air Base to take it over. And then they would use that to receive weapons. And they would use that as the base of operations to carry out an armed attack to overthrow the government backed by the U.S. government, over the Venezuelan government backed by the U.S. So that was the U.S. strategy. Now, it didn't work. They note that Guaido, uh, Bolton noted that Guaido tweeted out a video message calling for uh, people to, calling for the military to defect and civilians to come out to the priest to pro come out into the streets to protest. Once again, Twitter actually is real life. I hate to inform you. We see once again that the U.S. was using Twitter as a weapon to try to call for a military coup in Venezuela. But, um, but then, you know, Bolton, he laments that he wrote that, quote, it became increasingly clear that the endlessly discussed plan between the opposition and key regime figures had come apart. So he points out that for weeks, this coup attempt on April 30th was being planned with people inside the government, people inside the military. And Bolton was overseeing this coup attempt. And he says, you know, we had everything planned we endlessly discussed the plan for weeks, and then it all came apart on April 30th. And he just, you can see in his book, he's really angry. He, he, that he says that people who betrayed the government, like Figuera, the head of the secret police who, who freed Leopoldo Lopez, they took refuge in, in foreign embassies in Caracas, which shows that, you know, and then they also fled to Colombia and the U.S., which shows how they were completely traitors working on behalf of foreign governments to destabilize the Venezuelan government, to betraying their own people on behalf of the U.S. empire and Colombia and, the, and Spain. Leopoldo Lopez went to the Chilean embassy and then he went to the Spanish embassy and he now lives in Madrid, protected by the government of the country that, that colonized Venezuela. That, you know, Simón Bolívar led the armed uprising against the Spanish colonialists. And very symbolically, we now see that Leopoldo Lopez is serving his colonial masters by living in Madrid with, with the protection of the Spanish government and, of course, his real colonial masters in the United States as well. Now, Bolton talks about how this U.S. coup policy in Venezuela had bipartisan support on the Hill. On both sides of the aisle, our hard line in Venezuela was almost uniform. And he also acknowledges, by the way, that there's all this propaganda claiming that Venezuela is supposedly dictatorship. It's absurd. It's not at all. Supposedly, it's authoritarian. Supposedly, Maduro's a dictator. But even John Bolton admits that Maduro never cracked down on these coup plotters who are conspiring with the U.S. government to violently overthrow their own elected government. Bolton admits in his book, writing, quote, my concern now was that the failed uprising would prompt mass arrests of the opposition and the possible bloodbath we had feared since January. But these worst case outcomes did not take place that night, that day and night, nor did they for weeks and months that followed. It never happened because Venezuela is not an authoritarian regime. It's not like the U.S., for instance, that sends out militarized police to murder protests and to, to run over protesters in their cop cars. Like, that's what the U.S. does, not what Venezuela does. Venezuela never cracked down. And 
Bolton admits you have to savor the tears, the salty tears of these fascists like John Bolton. He writes in his book, quote, that he writes in the book that after the failure of the April 30th coup, quote, there was no way to pretend this was anything other than an opposition defeat. And again, he keeps, he keeps capitalizing opposition like God. It's so strange. Opposition doesn't need to be capitalized. It's not a proper noun. Anyway, so maybe it's because, uh, you know, the U.S. government has turned the Venezuelan opposition into like a brand, like a, like a TM sign. Like they, it's like their personal brand. Anyway, so uh, he admits as well, once again, he repeats, he admits that large-scale arrests which the opposition and the general public feared, fortunately never materialized. Admitting the Venezuelan government never cracked down because it's not authoritarian, unlike what they claim. He admits that the U.S. sanctions caused Venezuela's economy to deteriorate, but he also acknowledges that the opposition struggled to find a new strategy after the failure of the April 30th coup. And then he, he concludes his chapter lamenting. He's saying that, you know, uh, that this was an attempted uprising and a rebellion. It was a coup. And when in, at the beginning of this episode, I discussed, I showed the video clip of John Bolton admitting that he has planned coups. He was specifically referring to this coup in Venezuela. Now, I'm sure he's also planned many other coups in Iraq. He was an architect of the Iraq war in Nicaragua in 2018. In Iran, I'm sure he's a hardcore war hawk. But this book spells out the U.S. role, even in his, in his own words, in the words of this war criminal, this neoconservative warmonger who loves war, who loves seeing death and destruction and bombing and sanctions. Even he admits all of these operations the U.S. government carried out for the failed coup in Venezuela in 2019. And of course, that coup attempt does continue. The Joe Biden administration, which endlessly has criticized Trump, well, they still recognize Juan Guaido as fake president of Venezuela. Of course, that's a joke. I mean, fewer than a dozen countries still recognize that puppet as fake president of Venezuela. But I thought it would be an interesting episode to go through this book that John Bolton wrote, detailing what all, all of the, the main details about the coup attempt in Venezuela. He admitted his role in organizing the coup, so I thought I'd provide more analysis and details about how that U.S. coup operated in Venezuela. Of course, that coup was always aimed at privatizing Venezuela's oil reserves, its mineral reserves, and overthrowing a socialist government to install a right-wing puppet regime like the U.S. has done around the world. But it failed, and it shows that the people of Venezuela still have, there is a, a solid base of popular support for the leftist Chavista government. I myself have been to Venezuela several times. I've seen it with my own eyes. So... As always, I will be doing a lot more coverage on Venezuela and U.S. imperialism and related issues in the future. This is Multipolarista. If you're watching on YouTube or Rumble or Odyssey or Rockfin, please subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to the podcast, please uh, you know, share this. You can subscribe to the podcast. And of course, anyone who wants to support this journalism that I do, completely independent journalism. I don't have any institutional support. I don't have any rich funders. You can go to patreon.com slash multipolarista. Any support you can give goes a long way. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.